And that is believing God. This is my faith. I'm a little bit ahead of myself. But I'm believing that we could have 50 homes in Solid Rock Faith Center, 50 of our homes, 50 people minimum, who would say, you know what, I'll open my home and invite somebody in that doesn't know the Lord to share the gospel with them and believe for them to be saved. Amen? And so that's my goal. That's what we're shooting for. I'm going to give you some of that information this morning. But prior to doing that, I asked Battershell to come up. And uh, last weekend, we did the outreach with him down on the Capitol. And he did such a great job. He had the heart and the passion for purity and young people. And uh, then to speak to the issue of sex trafficking in our area. Sacramento is number three in the nation for sex trafficking. Number three. Not number 33, but we're number three of all the cities in the nation of America. We're number three for trafficking young girls into sexual prostitution and uh, slavery, bondage, and those type of things. So it was taking a stand. So we went down and uh, supported that at the Capitol. And God did some amazing things in there. And uh, so he's put together a little video. He's got a couple of things he want to share. And uh, then we're going to come on up. And then uh, we're going to move right in. So we're going to segue into this. Amen. Awesome. Uh, yeah, this church, just thank you so much. Uh, pastor came out, rocked it. We had an awesome altar call, and uh, God changed lives. You know, God says, Jesus said that he is the door. And in Matthew 7, 7, he says, keep knocking, keep asking, keep seeking, and the door will be open. And in Revelation 3, chapter 8, Jesus says that no man can shut the door, and he opens the door because we've not denied his, his word or his name. So, can we show the video? Yeah. Okay. Roll the video Let's and remember and that the door as you watch this. When somebody's been abused, when they've been used, when they've been devalued, the hardest thing to do is to escape the pain of their path. And church, I want to tell you, we are anointed to bring restoration to broken lives. Five years ago, my daughter went to a grocery store, and she never came home. She was taken from the parking lot of our community grocery store, and she was missing for eight days. And it was after my daughter was recovered that I learned about this evil called human trafficking. I then began to learn the atrocities that had happened to her over the eight days that she was missing, what men did to her, and my heart my mother's heart was broken. My daughter's perpetrator, within five hours after taking her, had drugged her, taken pictures of her, and was posting her for sale for sex on Craigslist. And within 12 hours, he was actively trafficking her from the Rockland area to the Bay Area. I was absolutely dumbfounded to learn that the majority of the victims of these crimes don't have a mother that's looking for them. But a time has come for the people of God to unite and to act and to start asking God to move. Last year, according to a survey by Christianity Today, 50% of our pastors viewed pornography, internet pornography last year. 75% of the men in our church are addicted to pornography and they consider it to be the number one sin in their life. How are we going to change Sacramento's capital? How are we going to change America when we've got sin in, the, in our own church? We as men here tonight, we're going to repent. God is calling together and only, and guess what? It's you! So all of a sudden I started to see the trafficker, the pimp, is a little something different. He's a businessman. He's an entrepreneur. And you know what? If our culture didn't demand children to be sold for sex, he'd go back to selling drugs and guns. He's got a job, usually a white collar. He's got a family and kids. He goes to work every day, and he goes to church on Sunday. Our society demands it. My girls, I tell you that their busiest hours 
are from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. The men are going home from work. They stop off by a child and then show up for dinner with their family. How will you help set the captives free? What will you commit to doing? God created you on purpose to be protectors, not perpetrators. And I challenge you to rise up and be the man that God called you because we need you and our children need you. Ten years ago, I was on this cliff and I decided three things. Number one, I need to either run for my life. Number two, I need to either tell my wife. Or number three, I need to take my life. And I found out about the utility pole or the cliff or where I would do it. And I was caught. Then I was going to tell my wife that I had slept with seven prostitutes in a matter of four years of being married with her. So at 16, I wanted to try the things that I've been addicted to. And I go, and I'm driving down in broad daylight in my little Honda Civic, and I see somebody walking down the street, and I put two and two together. I know exactly what she's about. She gets in the car. I have cash in my pocket. I lost my virginity to a prostitute named Barbara. Then, then a year later it was Tammy, and then a year later it was Cece. My story doesn't end that way, off a cliff. I'm so emotional because that part, I, I feel like you guys need to pick up some stones and start throwing at me right now. But I know that that's not what Jesus says. Jesus declares that the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. For the child taken into sex trafficking, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. They lose the identity of their innocence. They lose the hope that they could ever have true value in life beyond being a, an object of lust. See, the greatest promise of the gospel is forgiveness and restoration. The woman at the well is there. She lives under the scorn and the reproach of the people around her. But Jesus comes and identifies with her pain. He gives her back her value as an individual again. And he looks inside of her and he says, Woman, there is a city on the inside of you. And God is a God of great restoration. When the son came home to the father, the father didn't do anything except cover him and renew him and restore him. first speak to the single young ladies that are here that have been mistreated and abused by men that have been left by their fathers that have been molested at a young age that have been raped by a boyfriend who said he cared about him God I ask you let me represent them right now as I apologize for harming you I apologize for dishonoring you and I apologize for stealing your worth but I want to tell you something tonight young ladies you're not responsible for that God loves you tonight. He's not mad at you. He's not looking to strike you down. He's just looking to wrap his arms around you tonight and love you. We need to go to where they are. We need to cover them. We don't need to bring them in and expose them. I'm so thankful that God never exposes our past. He covers us. And then after he covered him and covered his past, he put that ring of authority and restored value in his life. And then he put shoes on his feet so that when the son came into the house and was introduced to the rest and the celebration took place, nobody saw him as he was. Nobody was allowed to see his failure. I'm glad God does not have an insecurity problem where he has to parade our failure to declare his greatness. God said, I'll cover your failure. I will never parade you. I will cover you and I will restore you and I will renew you and I will set you free from every bondage and yoke of your path. Somebody ought to shout amen on the steps of the Capitol. And if you're here tonight and you've had a hard time receiving God's restoration, receiving that complete healing for your life, then while they sing this song, I'm going to ask you just to come and find a place up here. Go to church once a week Sometimes too Lord, and I want to be here 
what you want me to be Often sin represents all I do Forgive me once again Once again, cover me. Amen. Praise God. God's good, amen. amen. Thank Hallelujah. you, Pastor. Thank you for allowing me to show that. Uh, so the guy, the rapper, going like this, I was transparent. So uh, when he was playing, he was talking about um, his... Well, he was a hustler. Uh -huh. He was talking about that, then he started the song called One Way. Well, there is a white suburban on L Street going down that happened to have their window rolled down. They heard that. This guy sent uh, a woman to check it out, and that woman happened to be a prostitute. He was a pimp. She's going to try and get some customers at our event, and uh, she got rocked for Christ. Transparent and Jared, who tried to kill himself, who was speaking out there, they prayed for her. Leah Albright Bird prayed for her. And then the pimp came up and got prayer for us. So God, God was rocking. Amen. Yeah, um, God can do anything if you'll get out of your comfort zone. And uh, it was amazing. I just, Matt asked me to come and speak. I'm not a advocate and any of those things are connected to that. I'm just a pastor, so I figured I'd just preach and uh, give an altar call. And I asked Steve, I said, Steve, could you do the altar with me? And uh, so Steve was there. It was amazing to have him there. Steve and Debbie, were, that's my that's brotherhood's son-in-law. He's the best man at our wedding and just such a powerful anointing. And uh, so he gave the altar call, and then it turned out, I found out later, Jenny Montero came up and said, the young man that came up, he was a homeless man that heard the music, that came to the park and heard that message and rededicated his life to the Lord when we gave that altar call. And uh, so for me, I don't know anything else. I don't know any etiquette or anything. So I just jumped off the stage and started laying hands on people. And there was a lady over here, and uh, she came up, and I laid hands on her just for victory and for freedom, and God set her free, laid her out on the grass out there under the power of God. Ted Rose came up to me afterwards. He goes, Pastor Don, I've been coming to the Capitol all my life for events. I've never seen anybody laid out under the power on the steps of the Capitol. Amen. Amen. And all that means is that God will show up anywhere, anytime, if you'll give him opportunity. And uh, so it's awesome you come together in an event like that. It brought the awareness of a great need in our community that we need to address and be engaged in in stopping trafficking. But in the middle, think about that. Somebody who was actually trafficking got saved. Amen. And people got delivered and healed. Sister Portia came up and she had given an altar call. And then she just went out and grabbed this young girl and brought her up and led her to the Lord. It was awesome. We kind of had a runaway there for a bit. It was fun. Amen. God's good, amen? And so that's to lead us in. I wanted to use that as we begin to talk about the Matthew Project. Because you look at that and you think with Billy Graham and My Hope for America, what he asked us to do, if you have your Bibles open to Matthew chapter 9 there, I know you've been waiting a long time for me to read this, but let me share this with you. Matthew chapter 9. And beginning in verse 9, then as Jesus passed by, passed, excuse me, on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me, and he arose and followed him. And so it was as Jesus sat at the table in the, in the house, that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard that... 
He said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but, <coughs> excuse me, but sinners to repentance. Father, I thank you in these next few moments we have together this morning. Lord, that you will speak to our hearts and stir within us a passion and desire to say yes to you, to answer your call, to say, here am I, Lord, send me, use me. And Father, that we will allow you to do your will and your work through our lives for your glory in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. And uh, as we think about this, uh, the goal of, uh, of my hope for America is that you and I would be like Matthew. We would have an encounter with Christ, and because of that encounter, we would want to let other people know about that. And the way we would do that is that we would open our home, invite people to come in, and have fellowship around uh, some food or some refreshment to that, share a short video with them, and then tell them how we came to Christ and share our testimony with them, and then invite them and ask them if they would like to receive the Lord as their Savior. And that's the essence of what this is about. In essence, it is what the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association came up with, and they've been doing this around the world, and over four million uh, homes have done this, not just people coming to the Lord, but over four million people have been trained to be a Matthew and open their homes in, nation, uh, in nations around the world. You see some information on that in a few moments here. But I believe that it's a powerful thing, because when we go to crusades, and you go to Evangelistic Crusade, we go to Arco Arena, we go to different places or whatever it's named now, um, sleep train, I guess, power band, sleep train, next week it'll be something else. Anyway, if we go to a big arena and you have a crusade, people go there, but when they come to your house, how many know they know you? And they have a relationship with you, so it's a natural transition for them to find a way and to be able to be plugged into the body of Christ and actually be discipled and not just left on a street corner someplace. Amen. And so look at the cover of your outline and... Let me just go through this, and then we have a couple other clips to show you this morning. There's no greater cause to live for, no greater joy to experience than seeing someone come to Christ. How many would agree? The raw truth of our faith is this, that God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that no one would perish, but that all could have everlasting life through Christ our Lord. God's plan has always been to come to men through men, meaning that He has a plan to use you and me to reach our world with the gospel of hope and salvation. All He needs is for the willing to arise and to declare, Here am I, Send me. In Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8, he asked, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And Isaiah's response was, Here am I, send me. In Romans chapter 10, Paul declares, How shall they hear without a preacher, and how shall they preach unless they are sent? What if we accepted the call to be a Matthew and open our homes for the gospel. When questioned at Matthew's house as to why he was there with tax collectors and sinners, Jesus replied by saying, Those who are well have no need of a physician but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. I want you to hear me this morning. There's no, excuse me, there's an anointing for reaching the law that is greater than anything we could do for Christ. Anything else. There's an anointing that comes upon our life. I believe this with all my heart. When we say yes to God and to preaching the gospel and reaching the law, I believe God anoints us in a greater way than any way else. There's an anointing for me to preach here today, but the essence of that anointing, what happened on the steps of the Capitol, is that when you say yes to God and you believe God wants to reach people, it's as simple as that. I believe God, if we could come together. I told Steve, I said, Steve, I'm just going to preach. Let's believe Believe God together that He would reach somebody, somebody might be saved. Amen? We could do this, but while we're here and people have come, maybe, just maybe, God will reach somebody. So when you agree with God that He wants the lost to be saved, He anoints you in a way that's greater than anything else. It's greater. It's one thing to pray for people. I watched a video the other day, and, and it's kind of made a lot of stuff going on, But and, and there's a lot of different churches and doing a lot of different stuff, but it was a church, and they were having what they called a fire tunnel, and I watched and it was, yeah, I guess it was cool. His believers making a tunnel, and other believers running through it, and other believers laying hands on other believers, and believers falling down, and other believers laughing with other believers. I go, wow, this is a bunch of believers slobbering all over each other. 
And there's an anointing, I guess it's good, and encouraging, and helps us, and all that stuff. But there's a greater anointing than just us laying hands on each other. God uses us in a greater way than just what we do and blessing ourselves and blessing each other and blessing one another and blessing, blessing, blessing. When you see what Jesus said, I didn't come to call righteous, but I came to find those that are sick and bring an answer and bring healing to them. I came to heal the sick and I came to seek and to save those that are lost. God anoints us to reach the lost. Amen. God's heart is for the lost of this world and He is seeking them in every nook and cranny of this world, in every nation, amongst every tribe and tongue. He is ever searching for the lost. When Sean and Eli went to uh, uh, the, 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 the Europe last year and they were there on the streets uh, there and they're out in the marketplace with Michael Turner and they're singing. It's amazing. You just go out and start playing. People will come. And if you believe, God will anoint that moment and people will be saved in Hungary, in Bulgaria, in Romania, wherever you go like that. You go to Indonesia. You go to China. People have gone on trip to China and people have gotten saved. God is looking for the lost in every nook and cranny of this world. And He anoints us to reach them. Think about it. When we agree with what He's doing in the earth, He anoints us with His power to fulfill His plan. The devil is fully aware of this and works to keep us busy doing anything else in place of reaching the loss. The devil wants us to find ministry as doing something else other than reaching lost people. He doesn't want anybody taken out of his control. He knows that God places an unstoppable anointing upon those who will go into the harvest for him. Think about that. What are the odds? You can't just say, oh, oh, that's really a strange coincidence that a pimp with a young lady in his car is driving down the street when a person that is playing the kind of music that they would identify with, they think there's a party going on, but there was deliverance going on. And so they go up there looking to recruit somebody and to pull somebody off into that tray. And yet at the end, that young lady goes and finds out that she can be rescued from that captivity that she's in. And then the young man comes up and he can be delivered from that life of bondage as well. Somebody ought to say amen. Praise the Lord. So think about it. The devil knows that. There's an unstoppable anointing upon reaching the lost. His best tactic is to get us involved in anything except the harvest. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. Think about it. There's a power and an anointing to preach the gospel that is greater than any other anointing we could have. In Luke 4, Jesus declared the Spirit of the Lord was upon him and the purpose was ultimately to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, to set captives free, to open blind eyes, but to reach those who are lost. Are you with me this morning? In Luke chapter 9 and in Matthew 10 and in Mark 6, Jesus called the twelve. He commissioned them. He empowered them. And then He sent them to preach the gospel to, the, to those who were lost and needed to hear. If you have ever desired to walk in the anointing and be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, then commit to preach and reach people with the gospel. People say, well, I'm looking for a ministry. I'll give you one that everybody is available, that is available to everybody right now. There are no prerequisites. You don't have to be trained. You don't have to have Bible school. Go to Bible school. Get prepared. We have all that. It's part of the process. But you can be involved in the ministry right now. Tell somebody what great things God has done for you. Just brag on God and tell somebody how He has saved you and delivered your life. I want to show you a clip real quick that explains the Matthew Project. It's that four-minute clip, guys, if you'll play that, please. Millions of people are searching. People are searching for answers to the problems of the world. Searching, searching, searching through religions for truth. But they never come to truth till they come to Christ. This is serious business. It's life and death. And it's not too late. We still have a window of opportunity to reach a lost and dying world. I think there's definitely a spiritual need in America. People are looking for hope. My hope for America is water for our thirst. My hope is Billy Graham's call to relationship evangelism in America. This effort to share the hope found in Jesus Christ calls for believers to reach out to family, friends, 
co-workers, fellow students, and neighbors to sow the seeds for a great harvest. In November 2013, we're planning for the gospel message to be presented to millions of viewers. My hope is an opportunity for churches to reach their communities for Jesus Christ. A Matthew is a host who invites folks into their home. Matthew was one who, when he met Jesus, was very eager for his friends and his family to know Jesus as well. And so he threw a party, and he invited his neighbors, he invited his friends to come and join him and meet Jesus. And that's really what my hope does. God is putting together the pieces. We're meeting people, and other pastors are saying, we've been praying for a way to mobilize our people. We've been looking for an opportunity to get our folks involved in personal evangelism, and I believe this is it. God is waiting to welcome you with open arms. The My Hope Project has been to 57 countries since 2002. More than 4.5 million Matthews have opened their homes to proclaim the gospel, with an average of more than two decisions for Christ per home. The project brought the churches together like we had never seen it before, not even close. And Uruguay is believing that Jesus is Lord. This program is very important for Malawi as a nation because it's going now to to heal our land. It's going to put everyone at peace. We've seen God use this strategy of the My Hope Project in Latin America, in Asia, in Africa, in Europe. Each country gets the benefit of people working together towards a common goal in Jesus Christ, and that can change history in a country. In America, My Hope will supplement traditional telecasts with new media to reach all generations. It's one-on-one -on -one evangelism, it's personal evangelism, small group evangelism, but just on a large scale. This is that ready moment Jesus talked about when the ready would be plentiful. This isn't about just witnessing to our faith. This is life or death stuff. Evangelism is the outflow of being overwhelmed by the love of Christ. So pastors, this is the opportunity to get involved and mobilize your church and the members of your church to evangelize your community and reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The spiritual need has never been greater. You can join thousands of believers across the country that will have a unique opportunity to reach out to people around them. Millions could come to Christ. My hope for the United States is that Christians from all across the country will be able to share their faith with those in their lives in a way that they've never been able to do before. There is a great sense of longing for something real, for hope, and we have the answer in Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. How many believe God could use you? Amen. Just think about it. Can you imagine what it would be like if one night in your home several people came to Christ because you invited them there and God anointed you in that moment to reap a harvest for His kingdom? What would it be like? Maybe you've had a lot of great events in your home. Maybe you've led somebody there. But think about one night in your home. God did something great. The early church didn't have fancy sanctuaries and meeting halls. It began in the homes of those who had accepted Christ as their Savior and then invited them to come and to hear what He had done in their lives. Yes, there were mass gatherings and mass conversion, but it was sustained and, perpetu and perpetuated through the homes of believers just like you and me. If you read in Acts chapter 2, it said they continued daily in the temple and house to house breaking bread and in fellowship, and the Lord added to the church daily such as were being saved. And multitudes were being reached through the homes of those. Think about it. Your home can become an upper room, a place where people will gather and God will pour out His Spirit upon their lives and anoint you to speak his word to them and they in turn will ask what shall we do and God will use you to lead them to repentance and salvation in Christ amen, amen. hallelujah thank you for that Holy Ghost enthusiasm many times we've been afraid to witness and we wonder how we're going to do it watch this little clip on on how not to be a covert witness what is that Hey, hey, you, uh, you ever try listening to Christian music? Here, yeah, it's good. It's better. 
Can I help you find anything? No, but I know what you've been searching for your whole life. Sharing your faith? There's a better way. Let's do it together. Amen. How do you know we can do better than that? Amen. Praise God. I want you to watch, there's a demonstration on what it means, and it's powerful, and uh, on what it means to be a Matthew, and how it takes place, and what happens when you invite your home, and some of the process that we're going to be going through. So, this is a little bit longer, so I want you to watch this last clip. If you're watching this presentation, you get it. You know deep down inside your gut something's not right. Our nation needs help. Millions of people are crying for help on the inside, but no one hears them. Listen to them. When seven out of a hundred people struggle with depression, even contemplating suicide, and 14 are crippled with anxiety and fear, and 60 out of a hundred don't profess to know Jesus Christ. We're living in a world that hurts. Well, our hope is in Christ. And because you know this hope, you are about to become a part of a movement that will transform this nation one heart at a time. Working together with local churches under the umbrella of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, you are about to become a part of a massive nationwide outreach called My Hope America. Together we'll proclaim the one message that can radically change a human heart and fundamentally alter the course of a nation, the gospel of Jesus. This strategy is pretty straightforward and highly effective. It's about relationships, and it's based on a man in the Bible named Matthew. Matthew was a disciple or follower of Jesus. When Matthew met Jesus, he was changed. He wanted to share his good news with everyone, so naturally, he threw a party. You're a modern-day Matthew. Now this just isn't about social gatherings. It's about life and death stuff. It's important. It's history making. It's life changing. Now is the time for those you know and love to meet Jesus. Morning comes back. All of the dust from the months that lay hollow. What you doing? Thinking. Uh, you nervous? A little. I mean, we haven't done anything like this before. I know. But, I am excited to see what happens. Yeah? Yeah. Well, who should we invite? First person I thought about was Juan. Yeah, Juan. Mm-hmm. I used to see him all the time, but... Not so much anymore. Well, then we should definitely invite him. Yeah. Okay. Who else? I was thinking about my friend Joanne. Hmm. Yeah, Darren just told me she got laid off from her job. Yeah. Joanne. Okay. Well, I'm gonna head to the gym. Okay. Well, there's this woman that I see at the grocery store. I see her all the time, and yeah. yeah, she probably won't be interested. Why not? You don't know. Invite her. Okay, I will.
You okay? Yeah. Come on. Hey, Mr. Landis. Hey, Miss Diaz. Hey. Hi. Is Juan around? Yes, he is. Let Great. me call him. Great. Juan, you have visitors. Oh, hey, Juan. Hey, man. You know my wife, Kathy? Oh, hi. Hey. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Um, Friday night, we're having some people over. We're going to be sharing a video, but also playing some b-ball afterwards. And we'd love for you to come by if you can. Yeah, sounds great. Okay, sound like good. It's been a while since we played. So yeah. Hey, Sandra. Hey. Hey, whatever happened to that deal you were working on? It sells good. Oh, no. It's slow, but hopefully things will work out. Well, listen, I was wondering, my husband and I are having a get-together this weekend with some friends and really? food, and we're going to watch a program on TV about hope. I would I love it. You. you know what? I'm leaving. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't know anybody there. Oh, well, you know me. That's fine. Well, that's true. Um, let me think about it. Yeah. Hi. I hope we're not too late. Oh my goodness, you're like the first to arrive. What is this? My specialty. Oh, you shouldn't have, but I'm glad you did. Hey! I'm so glad you can make it. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, let's get started. I want to welcome you all here. I cannot tell you how excited we are to have you. It means so much to Mike and me to have you in our lives. And um, as I mentioned, we're going to watch a video tonight, one that's really special to us. So let's do it, honey. <laughs> created you and God has a purpose for you and he loves you whoever you are he loves you he became sin think of it. Jesus Christ this pure this wonderful the greatest person that ever lived the holiest person that ever lived the son of the living God became sin through Christ we can have the most fundamental relationship in life restored if you put your faith and your confidence in him There's something else we wanted to share with you tonight. A few years ago, Mike and I went through a rough time in our marriage. And honestly, I didn't think we were going to make it. But something happened. Something that healed our marriage. And made us better people. That's a relationship with Jesus Christ. We, uh, we couldn't have made it on our own. So one night, we made a decision. Together we sat down and we prayed the very same prayer that was on that program tonight. We decided to give our entire lives over to Jesus, total control. And you know what, since that night, our lives have been totally different. We actually are, are learning to forgive each other like Christ forgave us. And I can tell you truly, right now you can choose to make a change, to change your life, to change your heart forever. And it only takes a moment. If you would, would you pray with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness.
Kathy, the other day when you invited me to your house, I, I almost said no because, how do I say this? Well, things at home aren't real good for me right now. My husband, um, we, well, our marriage may not last. I want it to work. And I know he does too. It's just we fight all the time. I didn't know where to turn. But now, well, I think in some way you were sent to help me. I just want to say thank you. You're welcome anytime. I'm so glad you're in my life. And don't forget, I'm looking forward to seeing you in church on Sunday. It's your turn to be part of something bigger than yourself. But just like the Matthews in our scenario, you won't be in it alone. Remember, whenever you lift up the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is with you. Jesus promised his disciples that God the Father would send the Holy Spirit to teach and empower them to be a witness. He's done the same for you, and that's a powerful promise. You also have relevant and carefully planned resources through the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Use them to get started, to keep organized, and to assist with all of the important follow-up. Plus, local pastors and churches are mobilized to stand with you as you share the hope that you found in Jesus Christ. And you're doing it in a very personal way, opening your home and heart to those around you. So here's our My Hope strategy in five clear steps. First, look around. The key is to really look at the people you connect with every day. Consider fellow classmates or coworkers, friends, folks in your immediate community. A lot of hurting people are just waiting for the right kind of invitation. Why not let it be yours? And no matter how okay they seem to be on the outside, if you're not sure that they know Christ, Write their names on your list. Second, look up. Commit to prayer. Pray specifically for each person on your list. Pray fervently that they say yes to our invitation and yes to Jesus. And pray consistently, making it a daily priority. Don't underestimate it and don't neglect it. Prayer is the key to this monumental effort. Step three, look out. Keep your eyes open for ways to invest in those that you plan to invite. Be intentional about strengthening your relationships. A small gesture, a kind word, or a sincere conversation about what's on their mind can mean so much. Share your concerns and your time and watch what God does. Next, you're going to look forward. This involves preparing yourself spiritually. Extend a personal invitation to everyone on your list. Invite them over for a meal and a relaxing conversation. Let them know you plan to show a video. If doubts arise or if the nerves flutter, trust God and move forward in faith. You've been praying for months and the Holy Spirit is with you. At the appropriate time, invite your guests to make themselves comfortable as you introduce the My Hope video. Be confident and prayerful. This video was inspiring and thoughtfully produced. But most importantly, it boldly presents the gospel of Jesus Christ. After watching the video, turn off the program and share your story, but be brief, make it three minutes or less. Invite others to accept Jesus. In Him, you're offering redemption, restoration, wisdom, unconditional love, salvation, eternal life, and so much more. Before the evening is over, make sure to invite everyone to visit your church on Sunday. 
then follow through with our fifth and final step in a My Hope strategy. Look after. Whether they've made a decision for Christ or not, look after all those who attended. Here's what the materials you've downloaded from our website or collected from your church play a major part. The My Decision pamphlet should be given to each person who prays the prayer of salvation and to those who express interest in receiving Christ. Use the Living in Christ booklet to organize a weekly Bible study in your home. It outlines four key lessons that are imperative for new believers. Remember, the needs are great, but our answer is sure. Hold fast to what the Bible says in 1 Peter 3.15. Sanctify the Lord God in your heart and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. God bless you, guide you, and empower you as you join thousands of Matthews across the nation for this powerful movement of hope. Amen. How many while you're watching that video, you could think of somebody you could bring to your home? Amen. Amen. It is, uh, there's something about our houses that uh, is inviting, and sometimes God's house that, in, that is intimidating. You invite a friend to church, and that's intimidating to come to God's house, but you invite them to come to your house, and that's inviting. And it's powerful to think about what God could do through your life, how he could use you. Maybe you're hearing you saying, well, I don't have a home that's available to that. But maybe you have a friend in the church and a couple families could get together and together you could invite some friends in. And you, you could partner with somebody and believe God together for something to happen. Let me close by giving you this this morning. Look at your outline. And I put it in there how it's going to happen and how we as a church can make this happen. And that, first of all, commit to be a Matthew. And, and sometimes people say, well, you know, I'm really going to pray about this. Don't say no by saying you're going to pray about it. But pray about it means, you know what, I'm praying about the day. I'm praying about the people. I'm praying about this. If you're not going to do it, just say no. But many times in church we say, I'll pray about it. And, and, and that gives us that, that, that momentary, you know, pause and, and ability to get out. I just say to you today, commit. I don't know how to say it any stronger than, than what we could say in watching that. I, every time I watch that little clip there, I start crying because I start thinking about people and how much God loves people and how he wants them to come to Christ. You think about people that are broken in their needs. Young people, Sean and I are working together and we're believing God that we know our teens don't have a home, but we're planning maybe one of our Tuesday nights to have a gathering and to show the video here and invite our friends and use this place and, uh, and see, see God do something great. Amen? And uh, so there's so many ways that we could do that. And then do those other steps. Look around and uh, look up and, and look out and look forward and, and do that. And then lastly, commit to be trained. And so next Tuesday night, not this Tuesday, but on the 22nd and the 29th, on Tuesday nights here in the sanctuary, there's a two-part training that we do. It's not... Uh, repeated. It carries all the information. We have the Matthew Project. All the material will be here. Things you give in. The decision cards. Uh, books that you give people for living for Christ. And then how for you to be trained as a Matthew and to do this and to be successful. And uh, I just feel like God is doing something dynamic. One thing that's happening is that when we talked about the leadership conference coming up this weekend is pastors in the Sacramento area have come together. It's, pretty, it's a pretty amazing thing in our region. Region, our city's pastor fellowship. We have over 200 pastors uh, that are a part of that, and we meet quarterly for a fellowship time together. It's amazing that when we've had our, our pray for Sacramento, we've been praying. We've had the 24-hour prayer going on seven days a week, sponsored by Ted Rose, who you saw on the video there with Matt and that. So we've been covering our region with prayer. We've covered our region with, 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 the, with a compatible work-together atmosphere, amen, to reach our community. So God has positioned us to do something great. I believe we're ready for a revival, and there's an anointing. If you can hear me this morning, sometimes we hear about this and we get afraid, and that's what the devil does. He wants you to be afraid, but you need to know that Jesus said, you're anointed with the Holy Ghost and power.
power to be a witness. And when you step out, God will anoint you to reach somebody for Christ. I want you to think about that again. What would it feel like in your home? What would it be like? Put yourself in that couple's place there. They invited somebody to their house and God touched their lives and they said yes to the Lord. What would it be like in your home to have an altar call like that take place and God pour out His Spirit and lives and people accept Christ right there in your home? So I put here, I'm believing for 50 of our homes to become Matthew homes. And what if just one person got saved in each home? What if just one person got saved? How would that impact their lives, change their lives? How would that change our church? And how would that change our community? Let me put you like this. That young man that was driving that white Escalade with that young lady in there, what happens now that he's given his life to the Lord? How many young ladies will no longer be trafficked by him? What's the impact on our community by one person coming to Christ? What, how does that, not, not just our church, amen, but what it does in our community. People in our community, how the change in their lifestyle would actually change our community. Hear me, as the worship team comes back, God's heart for restoration is greater than our desire to be restored. <clears throat> he yearns for and seeks and waits for us to return so He can run towards us. He embraces us, falling upon our necks to restore all that we've lost. Some people seek and search all their lives for an identity that will give them value and direction in life. You guys, we know people like that. They're just searching. They're perpetual searchers, never finding an answer. Everyone wants to know who they are, that their life has value, and that the direction they're taking will lead them to their expected end. Man's quest and search on his own will be futile, for only the Creator can give true identity to that which He created. Only He can assign its true value and establish its course and direction in life. When we choose to be a Matthew, we allow the Father to use us as agents of His restoration, upon whom He places His anointing for souls to be saved and lives to be healed and restored. If you'd bow your heads with me this morning. Maybe you're here today, and as we come together, I know every time we come together, I never take it for granted that everybody is right with God. That your life is where it should be, that you're making all the right choices.